Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee Conversations with Adele. I'm your host, Adele Tevlin, and I am so thrilled to be bringing to you this new season, this new ideation of my podcast. In each podcast episode, I am going to be featuring a guest, a friend, a colleague in the space, a thought leader, someone who I would be having coffee with, and you can be getting the behind the scenes of what it's really like to sit down and have a real conversation with me and some of these amazing human beings. The purpose of this podcast is for you to deeply connect uh, with me and the people in my life that I care deeply about, for you to get to know something about me that you don't already know, and for you to gain a new perspective. Every every, uh, podcast guest that I feature will push the boundaries in bringing a new perspective, which allows you to tap into a new point of view. So I can't wait to dive into today's episode. In today's episode of Coffee Conversations, I got the pleasure of being interviewed, actually, by one of my students, um, Dr. Liza Klassen, and it was an incredible conversation that she interviewed me, actually, for um, one of her fertility programs, and we decided to also put this on Coffee Conversations because it was just such an incredible episode. So let me tell you a little bit about Liza. Liza's a fertility-focused naturopathic doctor at Yin Still Reproductive Wellness in Vancouver, BC, and the founder of Cycle With Your Cycle, a four-week transformational program for your reproductive health, which I took and it was phenomenal. It is her mission to help women reconnect with their bodies, their inner knowing, and their cycles. She believes deeply that when, when women deeply know and trust themselves, they make empowered decisions, and when these women become mothers, they can change the health of generations to come. Whether you desire conception soon, Now or someday, she is committed to helping you achieve the fertility and hormonal health that you deserve. So let's dive into this very juicy, very vulnerable, very awesome episode. As I deeply surrender to him and into my body and letting go, he then right away flips into his masculine. Like he's like, I want to catch you if you fall. I, I basically, when we're when we're in, in the, the act of lovemaking, it's like he is asserting himself as the masculine as well energetically. It's, it's funny because it's also, you know, not like, hey, do you think maybe we can have sex, you know, at seven o'clock tonight? It's like, we're going to do this. Like the guiding, the direction. So the masculine is the direction. The masculine is the purpose. The masculine is the energy of, the phallus is the energy of conception. It's like, I this, I have the power of life inside of me. I am the direction with which the family is going. I'm taking that stand energetically. And so as we've played with this, this kind of very stereotypical masculine and feminine roles. Okay. It's been so healing for me because I believe very much, and I will hang my hat on this truth and people can agree or disagree, but you know me, I don't give a fuck. Women became hypermasculine after the feminine movement, which was very obviously served a massive role, but in, in terms of women becoming their own seat of authority, but where it was really, it robbed us is in relationships. We thought we had to be equal to the men. As men, as men, mm-hmm. we don't need to be equal to the men as men. Mm-hmm. We are equal. We're inherently equal. But women became the dominant role in the relationship. They became the breadwinner, the dominant. Oh, I have to be 50, 50, 100, you know, we have to be 50, 50 in everything that we do, but it's not how life works. It's like, 
you are inherently whole, perfect, and complete. You have nothing to prove. You're equal. He's equal. It's not about 50-50. It's about in relationships, it's flipped our polarity. In relationships, the woman is in a marriage with a man who's kind of like a beta man, and she's in her alpha. And I think it very much has a big reason with why we're in this infertility crisis, not just because of the environmental toxins and all the things. Yes, 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 yes. But from an emotional, psychological, energetic perspective, when a woman is in her fractured masculine state, control, dominance, and manipulation, and a man is in his fractured feminine, the beta alpha, the beta state of like being lost and not having direction and purpose and feeling insecure, I don't actually think you have a very good chance at conception. Yeah. And I think I, I agree. And I don't think many people have put it so clearly as you <laughs> just have now. Well, I've done a lot of thinking about it. Right. And I, and I think, and, and this conversation is really hard for women to hear, I think, mm-hmm. um, especially because we fought so hard, fought, right. Like look yeah. at the language I'm using, right. We fought yeah. so hard to get where we are, to get yes. where we are in our careers, to carve out our space. Right. And now you're asking us to go back into this like feminine state that we've revolted against. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And it doesn't take away for how hard we fought to get to this place. But what I'm saying is that that fighting hard to get to this place and then staying in that place while we're trying to be in intimate union with the masculine, the masculine in reversing that polarity is causing relationships to go into divorce, to struggle, to not conceive because we are equal. We are inherently equal. We don't have to prove anything anymore. Mm. We never actually did. Yeah. So it might be hard for women to hear, but the thing that's hardest to hear is the thing that has access to breakthrough. So I'm not afraid of speaking the truth and saying, if you actually look at this for your life and investigate this honestly with radical self-responsibility and radical self-reflection and radical self-honesty, you probably will go, oh my God, this makes so much fucking sense. Absolutely. And I keep saying the word like prove. I think that is such a strong energy behind it, right? I have to prove my worth. I have to prove my equality. I have to prove that I deserve this. It's yeah. Why do you have to prove your equality with your partner? Yeah. Does he have to prove his equality to you? Like, and so the feminine, feminist movement, which clearly was so important for women, I'm not discounting that, but what it's done is it's been this like, sort of like the bite, the hand that feeds you when it comes to your relationship, especially if you're in a heterosexual relationship with a man who naturally wants to be in his masculine, because when a man's in his healthy masculine, it's healing for him and for you. And when you're in your healthy feminine, it's healing for you and for him. And that's this, this sort of union when you think about the law of gender one of the seven laws of the universe the law of gender says that everything in the universe comes together with the masculine and feminine energies it doesn't matter gender so like i said you can be in a in a, in a same-sex marriage there's still the law of gender going on there's still some, the one of the women or men is more in his masculine one is more in their feminine and that's how you create union that's how you create chemistry but when you're mm-hmm. talking about heterosexual relationships and, and fertility It's like the law of gender is absolute in everything in the universe. So us trying to be like, well, isn't that antiquated? No, you're antiquated. Like it's not antiquated. It's just the law. Yeah. 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 It's and, and personally, it's like, because of the work that you've been doing and teaching too, like I've been applying this in my relationship and as, you know, as somebody who is very type a and very, you know, has existed very much in my masculine, right? There was this point too, where like, it wasn't working in my relationship. And I have a very masculine husband, a very masculine partner who Mm -hmm. wants to show up in his 
like divine masculine energy. Right. And I wasn't allowing that, like I was blocking that too. And so again, like you said, taking that radical self responsibility, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and spending time getting into my feminine, my healthy feminine, and that void gets filled so quickly mm-hmm. that like that trust, right. That they're there to catch you. Yes. They want to fill that they are there. They're waiting. I think that's the other yes. thing. So as soon yes. as you lean back, like they're there it's and that's so- a really amazing experience. I got to tell you a funny story to, to that point. It's so true. So we think that there's going to be this, like, we have to fall into the feminine and like you know, it's going to take them seven years to catch up. And what I realized to your point is that the minute I surrender into the feminine, Dave's like, he's, he's right there. And it was funny because, um, when I started doing this deeper work on surrender and opening up and, and all the fun things and like really releasing all the trauma from all the vaginal stuff and all the childbirth stuff and all the things. And I started to really heal so many of these micro traumas, like you said, and I let go of the miscarriage and I let go of the abortion and I let go of all the things. Um, and I started to deeply deepen this embodiment of the feminine. Cause there's like the intellectual feminine and there's like the being in your body about the feminine. Dave and I had this joke where like that first week that I started really playing with this, I would go to the gym and all these men who see me every day, they were like, Oh, Hey, can I rack your weights for you? And, it's like, and I came home and I'm like, you're never going to believe this. Like these guys wanted to help me. Like I was this, like this, like angel, like this, like goddess. And, he, and Dave said to me, he goes, when a woman is in her soft feminine, it's so hot. It's so attractive. Like the man can't wait to help you, to support you to, because the role you've heard me teach this, the masculine sits beneath the feminine, like the feminine is relaxed on top of him. and so he's waiting to support her, but you you go first. The universe responds. You lean back. He swoops in, not you stand there with your arms crossed. Like, are you going to sweep in? Yeah. 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 Cause like, then you're not the feminine anymore. <laughs> so I was going, so as we were doing this stuff and I was going to the gym every morning or whatever, I'd go to the grocery store and like someone wanted to like help me with something off the shelf. And it was so funny. Cause I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and it's like, I know what's happening right now. Like when a woman is in embodying her feminine, which is a very different thing, the embodiment of the feminine. And she's in that state of relaxed receptivity. And she's in that state of owning her sensuality. And she's in that state of owning, owning her power. I mean, the womb is the source of creation. You were born here to be brought on this earth as a woman and in the Kundalini faith, it's like the highest incarnation is to come as a woman. Like you create life in your body. And when you own that and you really own it with all your flaws and all your imperfections and everything that is you, like you exude this energy that men are just magnetized towards the masculine is magnetized towards that energy. And on the flip side, when we inhabit the masculine, we, we repel that energy from us. And so here you are, you know, having sex with your husband, trying to procreate and he's repelled energetically. Yeah. I mean, like I've got like, yeah, like shivers, like it's, yeah, like, yeah, like it's so true. It's so fundamental. And it's something that yeah, we've just totally lost sight of it. No one teaches this. Like, no can you imagine teaches. if like girls were educated in grade four or five on not just like how our babies made, but like the energetics, could you imagine what this world would look like if like people understood what polarity really means and, mm-hmm. and the, the healing aspect of actually inhabiting your proper polarity? Could you, can you imagine what would happen if like we actually educated women with this information. Well, what would happen is you'd have a bunch of women having beautiful babies and 
And sadly, like the agenda is often not in that direction. And so this kind of information is kept hidden and you have to go really be a truth seeker in order to find it. And because Dave and I are both came on this planet as massive truth seekers and change makers, we had to be our own advocates Mm -hmm. because what the medical model was providing for us was crap. And, you know, we so disempowering and we had to, we went on this quest of like, who can help us um, heal this and really inhabit the truth of who we are. And it's been not only healing for our marriage, we've never been in a better place, but it's also been healing as my own personal journey to be like, when I'm in my feminine, I just feel so at peace. And when I'm in my masculine, I feel so burnt out and so miserable. And I know I'm not alone in this. So this conversation, that's why I offered to do it. And I wanted to do it because like, whether you agree or disagree, like I said, I don't really care. This is, this is my truth. And this is actually a universal truth. And if you try it on for yourself and you take away the shame and the judgment and the yeah, buts and the what ifs, and like, if you take all of that narrative out and you just really listen to this and go, okay, is there a grain of truth in this for me? Like, can I see how some of this applies and what would it look like to actually take some of these things and start to lean into them? Like, would it hurt you to actually try? And that's always the question. So is this going to harm me or, or help me kind of thing? And for me, it was like, oh, this is going to help me. It's going to help me whether we conceive or not. It's going to help me no matter what. Yeah. And that's the thing I like that context is always how I frame it too. It's like these everything else you're doing for your, your fertility, the diet, the movement, the stress management, this right. Entering into that feminine energetics, like regardless if you conceive or not, you are moving your life in, in a positive direction. Right. And so, and so that's powerful in itself. And, and I think something you said before too, and, you know, I think it's something I've been playing with is like, when did we normalize infertility? Mm, Oh my God. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. right. Like when, when did that happen? Mm-hmm. where, yeah. Whereas a society we have just, you know, physiologically, we've been like, yeah, well, you know, debilitating period pain, no cycles yeah. for three years, like normal go on the pill. Right. Um, where it's like, yeah, you don't have to start trying until you're 40 years old. We have IVF for that. Right. Yeah. When did we, when did we as a society say, right. It's okay to be completely disconnected from your body, from your partner, and you can still have a baby at the end of the day. Well, I mean, this is a whole tangent that I could spend a whole five episodes with you on and we can maybe do this as a, yeah. <laughs> I, I do, I do have a lot of thoughts around this. Let me say a couple things before I answer that, because we have normalized infertility, but here's the problem with that. What we've also done is, as you know, my, my, the foundation of my work is that we manifest what we believe period. Mm-hmm. And when you're in this infertility cycle, let's call it okay. Of lost hope then it's like shame, fear, what all, when you're in that cycle or a little bit of hope, then lost hope, then this and that, you're literally the unconscious process that's going on is like, this probably is not going to work for me this month. And the, so what's happening is like, you're constantly verifying the belief because I, and this is the same thing for me. I've had to do this deep excavation on myself is like, what part of me still believes I can't mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if I believed I could, I would. No, I mean, this is the same thing I teach about money and success and everything. It's no different. You can apply the same thing. Like there's for women, I think that are not able to conceive. And we talked about all the things are okay um, physically. So we're not talking about, you know, 
some other a physical condition that would say that you couldn't, right? Yeah. But let's say all things being equal and you can, why aren't you? Then the next question would be like, what part of me still believes I can't? Mm-hmm. And really doing some deep self-limiting belief work. Like what gets to be true for me is that it gets to be easy to conceive. What gets to be true for me is other people's story is not my story. Cause that's part of what I was going to say. We started normalizing infertility when every other Bob, Joe and Sally would tell you their story of, Oh, and this, and then I couldn't, I was 42 because you know what happened to me? I didn't even realize for myself, but th- when I went to Greece on that really powerful um, experience that I went to uh, back in March, one of the women that was there, she, she's a spiritual shaman too. She said to me, she heard me saying things like I'm 42. And she, she said to me, Adele, why do you keep saying your age about it? Like you could conceive at 45. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I had this because I had my mother's voice in my head. And you know, that's the work I teach is like, whose voice is in your head. And my mom's voices in my head was when I was even pregnant at 40 before the miscarriage, she went 40 having a baby. Oh my God. I was pregnant at 40 and I aborted the baby at 40. And I had that imprint stick in my mind. So every month, every two months, every year that passed beyond 40, I was like, oh my God, I had this pit in my stomach. And one of the things that shifted in Greece was this woman is like, if that soul is ready to come, she's coming and you can have a healthy baby at 45. Like get the age out of it. So what I had to work through was the part of me that still felt I couldn't was related to my age. It was never related to my body's ability to do it. It was somebody else's story or somebody else's voice or my mother's story or this person or your grandmother's story or someone else on Instagram said something and we're inundated unconsciously through like deductive inductive reasoning. We're inhaling and consuming other people's stories. And then we make that story true about us. Yeah. And so you've got like so much going on, including the deep belief work that we need to do. And this is why we've normalized infertility is because every other woman you speak to, I mean, for the love of all things, holy, this fertility center, this doctor that we were working with that did our tests, he said to me, I have 12 new patients a day. And when I went there, they, they were young women in their thirties. It wasn't like 50 year olds going. It was, I was probably one of the older ones there. There were like young couples, right? And the whole, yeah, the whole other conversation too, but yes. So it's normal in that, well, if everyone else is going through it, then it must be normal, but it's not normal. And I think that's the point you're trying to make is that it's not normal to not be able to conceive. It's not normal to, um, you know, be told, okay, well, IVF is, you know, wait till you're whatever, like IVF. So to your, to the point I'm trying to make here is that whatever, whatever is normal is normal for you. There's no such thing as like normal. There really is like, is this in alignment, right? Is this in alignment for me? So the idea for me has been to continuously work on, is there any part of myself that still believes things or feels that this can't happen for me? And then I have to go to deep on deep work on that piece. Right. And then is there parts of me that's energetically rejecting this out of fear? Yeah. Are there parts of me that are still in my hyper-masculine and haven't been able to surrender and let go? So I, I'm constantly evaluating these things for myself. Um, and I'll let you know how that goes because (laughs) (laughs) like, as I said, like, who knows? I mean, it's very, and that's why when you talk about living in the void here is like, what if I am rather than what if I'm not? And I think 
that's how you bridge the gap between am I or am I not this month is playing in the energy and playing in the feeling in the field really of what if I am. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, that's a piece where people really need support is, is the, is the waiting, the waiting game between the act of trying and then the finding out, right. Whether that's natural conception, whether that's after a transfer. And once you get that period month after month, right. What do you do when the period comes and you're, you haven't conceived that month, right. Do you fall apart? Does that confirm the story that it's not going to happen for you? Or in those moments, can you go back to holding that vision of the thing that you desire, which is conception and a healthy pregnancy, whatever it is, right? How can you hold that like positive expectation, that hope that it is coming for you during those times when it looks like it's not? Yeah, totally. And also there's that hope of, and holding the void of like, what if I am really? And that's the, that's the energy that women can start to play in. Like even Mm -hmm. feeling in your body, when you close your eyes, like feel the difference, actually you do it too. Just say to yourself, like, what if I am? versus what if I'm not, Mm. there's an energetic difference. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so when people get like, when you talk about energetics, it's not an esoteric thing. Like you feel it in your body. So when I say, what if I am, there's like this expansion in my chest. And when I say, what if I'm not, my shoulders literally drop forward. Yeah. And I love the, what if I am, cause it's open-ended, right? It's not like, this is the outcome. It's like, it's like playing with what if, yeah, what if this thing is true? Right. And I think that that feels so much more spacious for people. Like, I think sometimes it's hard to be like, I'm pregnant, right? Like that brings up other stuff. It doesn't feel true enough in your body to like hold that idea. Right. But the, what if I am feels accessible, I think. Well, it's true because in the realm of possibility, it's 50, 50 that you are or not. So saying what if I am is just as likely as what if I'm not, when you really think about conception, it's, it's really, what if I am, what if I'm not? And, and, and so it's, it's really like playing in the energy of like, what if this is working? What if this works? What if I am and all the possibilities that creates versus the constriction of what if I'm not. And so if that's even something that women can start to play into, and, and this is, like I said, accessible for people in every area, not just with fertility. It's like, what if I made the sale? What if this launch works? What if I am like, what if it, that's, it's the same, it's the same frequency we're playing with, right? It's the frequency of possibility and potentiality. Really, that's what the frequency you're playing with. And so there's, I like, there's so much more we can say, but I know we've got to wrap up soon, but like, I really, to summarize, like, there's so many things at play beyond the physical. So the physical, like we said, it's important to know the data. Like me and Dave did our, our testing. The data came back all as well. Okay. So from here we can launch into the energetics and the beliefs and the, this and the, that, and the polarity and, and the, what if I am versus what if I'm not right. I'm not suggesting, I never want people to hear that. Like if all, and I, and, and look, I'm not saying yes or no to this, but like, if the physical part is like, you're unable to physically, then it doesn't hurt to add the energetics and belief work, but I'm not suggesting that that's going to solve the issue. Right. And so there's, that's why I'm saying like, for me personally, I didn't want to go through the IVF route because my own doctor said to me, you don't need IVF. You can conceive. You have to just need help holding the pregnancy. So it's a different story. I don't need like my body can, I know it's proven six times it can. Yeah. And on top of that, it's not your job as 
the person trying to conceive to deal with the structural or physiological issues. That's your physician. That's your healthcare's responsibility, right? So I think even if that stuff is going on, you need to trust that your healthcare team has got that. That's not up to you, right? And your job still sits in this holding the belief, right? Tapping into the feminine energetics. I think regardless of how the conception is happening, your job as the person who's trying to conceive still sits a lot in this energetic realm. I agree. A hundred percent. So good. This is such a good conversation. Thank you, Adele. Thank you for sharing so vulnerably and openly, like amazing. Like I said, Dave might not like me talking about a sperm, but oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) At least he may, he may. He's good semen parameters. Amazing. Yeah, Yeah, he probably would love it. But (laughs) the point of the story is I, I very much feel like, you know, we're at a precipice in history too, as I kind of, we sign off here that the truth, people are seeking the truth and, you know, you put yourself out on the line when you, when you share, but for me, it's really important that I, I honor my truth. I speak my truth because my truth can help somebody else who's been going through the, th- the same things and feeling. And like I said, we had to be on this quest to find the truth that someone could support us beyond what the medical model could do. And as a result, it's been life-changing. It's been game-changing regardless if we conceive or not. I've already just learned so much about really embodying and inhabiting my feminine, what it, what it feels like when I can just deeply trust and surrender and let go, um, not just in myself, but in my marriage. And so I think this can be healing for women no matter what, like whether you're trying to conceive or not. And if there's any part of this that triggers you, then recognize the trigger is your pathway to breakthrough and liberation. If you allow it to be rather than be righteous or mad or upset about something, if you can actually go what part of this rings, rings to some truth in my body, like a trigger is just identifying some part of yourself that's either in resonance with or blocking something. So it's an opportunity to lean into it rather than actually just lean away, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. And I think there are so many women who are looking, they're seeking this information and they may not even know it, but I, this is going to land so powerfully for so many women. Glad. I'm so glad. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Coffee Conversations. It really means the world to me that you take time every week to listen to now a very thought-provoking conversation with me and some of my close friends and peers in the industry, a little bit of a behind the scenes, a dialogue of what it would be like to have coffee with me and some of my friends who are thought leaders in this space. And I just want you to know something that you're so worthy of success and you can have whatever it is that you desire. I believe in you and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.